Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Hey, 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 happy Wednesday. I hope you're having an awesome day. Midweek slump. I hope you're not going through that. I know that this is technically my Monday. I was out of town over the weekend, went to the Oregon coast where I collected rocks. I know this sounds really weird. I was picking up little gemstones and jaspers and agates and all kinds of different little stones because I'm going to test jewelry making as a side hustle. So I'll keep you guys posted on that. But that was a little bit about my weekend. I had a really good time did a lot of relaxing, had a bonfire on the beach. It was really, really incredible. I went out of town with my sister-in-law, my brother's wife now, which sounds so weird to say that out loud, but it was really a good time. They just got married in June. So it's still a little bit fresh for us all to say sister-in-law. It's just, anyway, yeah, transition periods, right? But it was a good time. So one of the things that I have been thinking about and have been talking about and just hearing from other people is how important our words are. The words that we say are everything and the stuff that we tell ourselves, those records that we repeat in our heads, that in a lot of ways dictates our future and our views of our success or lack of success or other people's success. It all comes down to what we tell ourselves every single day. And because this is so impactful and so important, we're going to talk about three phrases or three things that you could be saying on a normal basis that actually hurt your growth and your your chance of success. It will sabotage any inkling of hope that you have because it is very disempowering if you use these phrases. Now, here's the thing. All of these phrases come down to one word. There's one word that hurts you more than anything else. That word is can't. Can't is a very disempowering word. So a lot of these phrases are going to include that verbiage. And we're going to talk about why this is so different and why using can't will hold you back tremendously. So let's go ahead and dive in. If you're driving, I want you to maybe re-listen to this episode when you have the ability to take notes and write stuff down. If you are not driving, maybe you're doing dishes, you're hanging out with your kids, you're at the park, you're at the beach, whatever the heck you're doing, I want you to listen to this. Don't listen to this one on one and a half speed if you normally are a one and a half speed listener. I want you to take every single word slowly and really internalize this and ask yourself, use this as like a mini coaching session. Do you actually say these things to yourself? And if so, we're going to break through how you can start to change your verbiage around so that you are empowered and you feel confident with any area of your life, whether that's finances or fitness or with your family and your relationships or school or even just in your church community, in your local community, in your business, this is all very applicable to every single area of your life. So we're going to use some examples that are applicable to all different areas, but just know that this phrasemology and these phrases that we say will fit for every single situation. All right. The first concept is can't versus won't. So here's the thing. I can't wake up at 5 a.m. I can't. I can't go to the gym after work because I have to go pick up my kids from from school. I can't get straight A's because I have to work full time and I am not able to study in the evenings. I can't pay off debt because I don't make enough money. I can't boost up my emergency fund because I I don't know where to start. I don't actually have a savings account. My husband isn't supportive. My wife isn't supportive. There's so many different things that we tell ourselves that start with I can't. And I want you to change that. I want you to give yourself a really honest assessment and say, is it can't or is it I won't? 
And there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the deal. When we use can't, can't is a very disempowering word. It makes us feel like we don't have any control, that we are not able to pursue really amazing things because some external force is holding us back. When we use the words, I can't, we are directly holding ourselves back when really it's not that we mean to say, I can't, I think sometimes it's very subtle. It's actually more. I won't, I can't wake up at 5am. Yes, you can. Anybody can wake up at 5am. It's a choice, right? It is 100% a choice. So instead of saying, I can't wake up at 5am, what if instead we say, I won't wake up at 5am. How different does that feel? I can't ask my boss for a raise because I've only been there one year versus I won't ask my boss for a raise because I've only been there one year. Do you see the subtle differences there? It's a difference in ownership of that problem. When we say I can't do something, we immediately feel disempowered. We feel like we have no control whatsoever. When we say I won't, now maybe it's still a negative thing, but at least we're taking some ownership. Do you see how subtle that is? It's very, very impactful. So I want you to think through this. And anytime you say, I can't do something, I want you to stop and pause and ask yourself, can I really not? Or is it that I choose not to? I won't. Huge, huge differences there. And I think it's really what this comes down to is this whole concept of locus of control. So locus of control, I learned this in the MBA program when I was in a management class. And one of the things that they said was the locus of control is the number one indicator if somebody will be successful or if they will fail. Now, success and failure are very subjective. I very much understand that. But let's go with traditional senses of what success is. Success that you have good relationships, you're doing well financially, you're kind of winning in a lot of different areas of your life. Okay, so fitness, health, spirituality, whatever the heck you want to do, we're going to say that that is our version of success is a little bit of balance in all those different areas. Now, the difference between an internal and an external locus of control, the locus of control is just the way you view. Locus is the way you view different areas of your life. So when things are are happening to you, when you feel like everything is happening to me, I have no control over this. I'm a victim in my life. That is an external locus of control. External forces are what is causing your success or failure. That's it. It's external stuff. Now, when you have an internal locus of control, this can also get a little bit extreme in some cases, but it's usually a much healthier perspective. An internal locus of control says everything that's happening in my life, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything is because of me. Now, this is really tough, right? It's so tough to look yourself in the mirror and say, my life is crappy because I chose it to be crappy. Now, nobody wakes up and says, I'm going to choose a really crappy life and I'm going to be happy with that. That's not how it goes, but it's these small decisions or sometimes lack of decisions. We forget that not making a decision is still making a decision. You choose not to go to the gym. You choose to go home and you choose to watch Netflix instead of going inside hustling and driving Uber Eats or flipping furniture or making jewelry. We're going to talk about that very soon in this, in this podcast as soon as I test that one. But it's a choice. And sometimes not making a choice is still making a choice. It's choosing not to progress in your life. And so when you have that external locus of control, you feel like everything is happening to you. But when you have the internal locus of control, you feel like you are empowered and your decisions matter. Your decisions impact the quality of your life for good and for bad. 
Huge, huge difference. It's very, very subtle, but it's very, very important. And a lot of this external versus internal locus of control, I think a lot of it comes from that can't versus won't. When somebody says they can't do something, you can immediately tell that they likely have an external locus of control. They're most likely feeling like they are a victim in their own life, which is not true. We all have choices. Yes, crappy things happen to every single one of us and some of us worse than others. That is very true. I'm not immune to that. I don't have my eyes closed to that. I know that life can be incredibly difficult. I get it. But what I'm saying is you have a choice in how you respond to that. We all have a choice in how we view crappy things in our lives. And if you choose to view it from a negative lens, that you have no say, you have no control, you have nothing that can you can contribute to that, then that's going to hurt you because you feel like you can't do something instead of saying, I won't do something. So that's the first phrase that I see that concept that really does hold us back. Now, the next one is similar, but slightly different. So we'll talk about that one too. This is don't versus can't. Now, this has been studied in the fitness world, and I find it to be very, very interesting. So when studying athletes and people that are trying to lose weight and trying to make very sustainable long-term changes with their health, a lot of things that they studied were the choice of words. So instead of saying, maybe you're on a diet, maybe you're on a diet for the ninth time in one year, I hope to God that's not you, but you know what? We've all been there at some point or another. So if you're on a diet for the ninth time and you're like, my diet is not working. I do not understand. I cannot seem to lose weight. What the heck is going on with me? Or maybe you're trying to pay off debt and you're like, oh my God, I'm trying so hard. I will get really close. And then all of a sudden I go back into debt. I don't understand why this is happening. Where is my money going? We've all said those kinds of things. So let's stick with that diet example. In the fitness world, when they were studying people that were trying to lose weight, the key difference between those that were successful and those that were not was not necessarily what they ate, how often they ate, how many times they went to the gym, how much water they drank. Those are all important factors, right? But the differences, the big differences between people that were able to keep weight off sustainably long-term and those that were not was when they said, I can't eat this versus I don't eat this. Do you see the difference? Again, it's kind of that can't versus won't. It's very empowering. And this is very, very important, especially if you're trying to budget your money, stick to your budget, not totally go off the rails again and make some really big changes in your life. Instead of saying, when you're looking at your budget and your friends are like, hey, let's go out to eat. It's been a while since we've seen each other. There's a great new restaurant that opened up downtown. Let's go. And you're looking at your budget and you know that you are truly on a budget and you're trying to save every single penny to pay off debt so you can better your future forever, not just for one time, forever. You're looking for sustainable changes. Instead of telling your friend, oh man, I can't go out to eat because I'm on a budget. Or I can't do this because I'm on a budget. I can't take that sweet vacation because I'm on a budget. What you can say instead is, you know what? I don't eat out right now because I'm on a budget. I don't do this. I don't eat these types of foods because I'm trying to be a healthier person. I don't spend my time watching Netflix because I want to go play with my kids instead of just sitting on the couch and being a blob. These are subtle changes. These are very, very subtle. Why is it important? Because remember that little record thing I said that we always have these records that are just spinning in our heads and it's constantly replaying positive and negative feedback all day long and we're constantly talking to ourselves. This is the stuff that we're saying to ourselves. And sometimes if we're not really careful and not really aware of what exactly we are saying, we're saying very negative things that are not empowering that hold us back tremendously. So the the key to all of this is recognizing your own phraseology. What do you say? Are you saying can't versus won't? 
or don't versus can't. I don't spend my money in this way. Now, this is something I personally have to do. So let me be really, really clear. I love nice things. I truly do. I really like nice things, but I like having money in the bank. And I know that my future is more important than my current materialism. I just, I I truly believe that. Now you might be different. That's okay. This is just me. This is just my own belief. But when I started to realize this is when I started to say things to myself, like, oh, I'd, I'd walk by maybe a Louis Vuitton store. I don't really care about purses that much. It's probably a bad example, but I would walk by a really expensive purse clothing, whatever company, makeup, sometimes facial products, all of that stuff. I'd walk by it and I'd say, oh man, I can't spend my money on that because future Whitney would be pissed off at me. That sucks, right? That's not a very empowering word. So instead what I said is I don't spend my money on things that are not truly in line with my values. Now, this is stuff I say to myself and you guys, it's not a one and done thing. I have to tell myself this over and over and over again, because I'm trying to change that pattern. I'm trying to change the way that I normally talk to myself. So I have to be very intentional about the things that I say to myself. Now I've talked in a previous episode too, about naming your negativity or that, that really crappy voice in your head that says terrible things to yourself of naming that and telling that voice to shut up. So for me, I named my, my internal voice Gertrude. Uh, to me, Gertrude, if you're a Gertrude that's listening, no offense to you. I'm sorry if you are, but that's just a name that I chose for my negative self-talk. So anytime I hear stuff like that, like, oh, I can't do this, or I can't go to the gym. I can't wake up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym first thing in the morning. I just can't do that. Instead, I will say, Gertrude, shut up. You're sitting in the back seat of my car. You are not the driver. I am the driver. And when you sit in the back seat, you can be there I know you're always going to be there, but you're not the shot caller and you are not going to make decisions for my life. I get that this sounds really crazy and kind of weird, but I actually encourage you to name your negativity and name your can'ts so that you have, it's almost internalizing this differently where you can actually, you can picture somebody really crappy, some like really weird looking person that's just all they're doing is like nitpicking and nagging at you and you can name them something and you can tell them to shut up and sit down. And I think it's very powerful. It sounds crazy, but it works. So definitely name your negativity. We've talked about that in a previous episode. All right. So getting back to all of this can't versus won't. The other piece that I see this come up with a lot of people is when they say I can't afford something. I don't want you to say I can't afford something. Here's the deal. Some of us, can you buy a private jet that costs several billion dollars? Maybe, maybe you could, right? I can't tell you if you can or or you can't. Like only you can determine that. But I think when you say I can't afford it, it immediately shuts you down to even the possibility of having something nice for yourself. So when we say I can't afford a billion dollar jet, what we're saying is I will never get to that level ouch, right? This is the stuff we tell ourselves, you guys. It's so important that you slow down and you don't tell yourself that crappy stuff. Give yourself a chance at great success. But when you say, I can't afford something, you immediately shut down even that possibility of you having that amazing thing. So it's really, really important that instead of saying, I can't afford it, you instead say, how can I afford it? Very subtle difference again. So instead of saying, I can't afford this nice house, 
I, I go tour open houses. This is my way of like actualizing and materializing the nice things in my life. I feel as if, if you can make that distance between where you are and where you want to be smaller and you make it smaller by making it feel tangible, like reachable for your life. When you can do that, you can start to accomplish things because your brain can start to see, oh, I can see myself doing this. I can see myself living here. I can see myself running a successful business. I can see myself paying down that debt. When you make that distance smaller, you make that possibility greater for your own life. So let's continue forward with that house analogy. If you go tour an open house and you look at this amazing property, property. And let's say it is $600,000. The people in California and New York are probably like, yeah, right, Winnie, that's a shack. I get it, guys. But let's, we're going to pretend like we're in Boise, Idaho, like me. Okay. (laughs) So when you go take a tour of that house and you're looking around and you're seeing the beautiful view and you're seeing the amazing open kitchen and it's got an office and it's got plenty of bedrooms for you and your kids. And you just feel at home in this place. And and it has a three-car garage. I feel like that's almost a must. I read the older I get, the more I I really want a three car garage. So instead of saying it and you ask the realtor, Hey, how much does this house cost? They tell you it's $650,000. Ooh, how do you respond to that? Do you immediately say, Ooh, I can't afford that. That's way outside of my price range. Cannot do that. Or what if instead you paused and you said $650,000? Okay. That's the value of the home in today's marketplace. How could I afford that? Now, notice when you say, how can I afford that? It's not saying you're going to buy the house. That's not the point of this. The point of this is to give yourself that chance to brainstorm and to think, if you had to, how would you afford that property? Or how would you afford that new car? Or how would you afford to take time off of work so you can go take a life sabbatical? How can you afford that? Not oh, I can't afford that, that immediately shuts down that possibility. So try to be really careful about that. That's one of those things too that can really impact the way that you view your success and this type of success you have. So these are the things that I hear commonly. Can't versus won't, don't versus can't, and I can't afford it versus how can I afford it. It's all centered around can't. That word is garbage. I do not want to hear that word come out of your mouth. For my coaching clients, if I hear can't, I immediately want to reach through the screen, grab them, give them a slight shake and say, yes, you can. You choose not to. It's a difference. Choice is in our control. Going back to that locus of control, internal versus external locus of control. We are empowered when we use the right phrases. That's why words matter so dang much. And I want you to stop and pause. So we're going to talk about how do you change this stuff? If you start to notice that maybe you're a can't person and you want to be more of a can person, here's how I want you to start to change this. First and foremost, with any big change, it starts with awareness. Now, in a ton of previous episodes, we've talked to a lot of different counselors, psychologists, mindset coaches all across the board. And one of the first things they say is you have to be aware of what you're telling yourself. This is critical for change. So instead of just going through life and just kind of coasting through, going with the flow, that's not an appropriate way when it comes to monitoring your mindset and the verbiage you tell yourself. Instead, I want you to slow down and I want you just to catch yourself. First and foremost, catch yourself. I can't. Ooh, that's a trigger, right? Immediately stop and say, no, that is not true. I can. So I want you to first catch yourself. How often are you saying these things? You might need to track this. Have a little notebook or a sticky note right next to you as you work throughout the day. And every single time you catch yourself saying, I can't, 
or something of that sort, I want you to make a little tick mark. Okay. Do this for a solid week. Yes, I know a week of this sounds a little intense, but it will absolutely transform your life. So I need you to do this for a week of just going through and making little check marks every single time you hear yourself say, I can't, or some type of a negative phraseology surrounding that. Okay. That's the first thing. And then I want you to look at that. At the end of the day, look at how many times you told yourself you can't do something. I can't speak up at that meeting. I can't ask my boss for a raise. I can't. I can't afford a cup of coffee. I can't afford to go out to lunch. How many times are you saying that? I can't stand traffic. (laughs) That's a tough one too, right? Because even that one is a little bit extreme, but maybe there's a way you can stand traffic to make it a little bit more manageable. Maybe listening to podcasts or audiobooks. Regardless, I'm getting us off track. But how many times are you saying I can't? So make those little tick marks. And then I want you to label what you said. Is this positive or is this negative? Is that thought you just had a positive supporting thought? Is it empowering? Is it disempowering? How does this show up in your life? How does that make you feel? And at the end of the day, when you have all of your negative thoughts written down, you're not going to write down all the thoughts you can. That's like next level. I find most people just typically don't take the time to do it. So the tick marks is a bare minimum. If you want to label your thoughts and actually write down what kinds of things you're saying, that is like A plus. That's overachiever status, extra credit. You can do that for sure. I think that's very, very helpful. But I think the tick marks alone will be incredibly eye-opening for how frequently you tell yourself negative things. So then you're labeling it. You're saying this is a negative or a positive thought. And then next, what I want you to do after you do this for a solid week, one solid week of tracking negative thoughts, the next thing I want you to do is start to change that. So in the moment when you catch yourself saying that, because you're aware now, you're going to be, you're going to pick up on it so much more quickly. You're going to see immediately how often you say that to yourself. Then I want you to switch it up. Instead of saying can't, I want you to either use won't. I won't wake up at 5 a.m. And there's nothing wrong with that either. If that's your choice, that's your choice. It's okay. But it's about having that choice and having back that control in your own life. I don't versus can't, remember? So if you're saying I can't, switch it up. I don't do this. I don't go out to eat on Fridays. I don't spend my money wastefully. I don't buy stuff on an impulse. When you start to switch that stuff around and you become aware of those thoughts, it'll really truly help you. So every time you track your thoughts, then from here on out, after the first week of tracking, the second week, your whole goal is to then switch it with a more positive, empowering thought. I won't do this. I don't do this. How can I afford this? Those are the kinds of things I want you to do. Now, here's the deal. If you do this for two weeks, and I'm serious, if you take this very, very seriously for two weeks, you will see drastic changes in your life. You're going to start to take back control. It's not going to feel comfortable. It's actually going to feel very uncomfortable. It might even stir up some emotions where you start to feel like crap about yourself because you realize how much you have held yourself back in your own life. But starting today, your life can be different if you choose it to be. And I think the way to change your life and to make very sustainable, lasting changes is to be very, very careful about the way we use can't in our lives. That truly is the secret to change, is having those empowering thoughts, taking control, taking responsibility for every single thing in your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, taking back that control, you will start to see major shifts in your own life, in your relationships, in your work. Everything will start to shift if you give yourself that permission to think differently. And it is permission. It's tough. It's uncomfortable, but you can do it. And I believe in you. 
So I want you to do this for two weeks straight. And then I want you to send me an email and let me know how it's going for you. Tell me especially how many times a day were you saying negative things to yourself or how many times were you holding yourself back by using that word can't? Let me know. I'd love to see the shifts that you have. I know that this is impactful. I've done this in my own life and I have started to slowly transform myself into a more empowered individual who takes responsibility. I think we all want that for our lives. At least I hope we do. If you're listening to this podcast, my assumption is you definitely want more out of your life, not just finances, but it's finances and fitness and relationships and your career. We all want to be better. And the way to be better is to start with what you have and start to change the small things. And the small thing is using the word can't. Okay. So I know this was kind of a different episode, but I really do hope you enjoyed it. If you did screenshot this, tag me on Instagram, let me know that it resonated with you and that you're hearing this message. It means the world to me. It really truly does. And if you haven't done so already, and you would like to share how much you enjoy this podcast, leave a five-star review and give me a little comment about what you appreciate about this show. It truly does make my world. And I love hearing from you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.